I have an idea of perfection. The perfect swing of the club or bat, the perfect form on the free throw line, that perfectly placed spiral football, and especially those perfect grill marks on a high-quality cut of locally sourced prime beef. It takes lots of time to perfect quality, but a quick, simple call or message to Tucker Family Beef can put locally born, raised, fed, and processed beef in your family's freezer so you can practice and perfect those satisfying grill marks. Give Monty Tucker a call at Tucker Family Beef, 580-515-4477. If you build it, he will I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skitty on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. I've got you a choice at the end of the show, Jared. The final segment, you can choose which one do you want to talk about. Okay. There's a uh, Adam Rittenberg has a column out on ESPN with college football coaching. It's like hot seat, keep an eye on, and retirement watch. He goes through the conferences and kind of gives you an idea of who might be there. Okay. Or I saw Todd McShay's post-Super Bowl mock draft is out. Post-Super Bowl. Post-Super Bowl mock draft as we get – now, now we have the It's draft officially order. draft season. Yes. We, let's talk about this in – what, is it April? Draft season, yeah. April. Normally right there at the end of April. Something like that. Well, we've got the combine coming up. Senior bowls have already happened. Pro days will be starting all over the place. It is officially it's it's officially draft season in the NFL. So that's uh, that'll be our two choices there at the end of the show. In the middle, it is Wednesday, and so it'll be our, we'll have our Tucker Family Beef of the Week. You had your first oh. Tucker Family Beef experience. We'll give you plenty of time to talk about that. Also, we'll hit some Thunder topics uh, with the Rockets tonight, last game before the All Star break. What would be the best strategy long-term on how to finish this season? I think there's two compelling – there's two different choices here, and both are compelling. Also, did you see the news this morning? Another Th- UFO got shot down. Thunder-related. Oh, no. No, what was that? Bally Sports filing for bankruptcy. <laughs> well, so no. now what yeah. happens? Well, you're asking 20 bucks a pop to subscribe to your thing. So now what no happens one's doing that? What happens with local TV rights? Thunder especially and how does that impact decisions that might be made for the rest of the season? Like broadcast wise? Yes. Yeah. Well, well and, I hope and it's a little wise. bit more for the fans' sake. I hope it's more open or affordable if be that's what you're looking for. Be yeah. interesting to find out. Um got some college hoops last night. Oklahoma State brought back to, back down to earth. By Kansas, I mean, how many times have we seen that game where Kansas With goes Kansas versus anybody? Anybody, it doesn't, yeah. and not just so. It doesn't matter how many times have we seen that game. Why? It's just amazing how they do it. And speaking, of amazing how they do it. Vegas, everybody, you realize what the OU Kansas State line was going into last night. Aaron, I didn't even realize they were playing last Oklahoma night. Oklahoma was how listen, un, uninterested I've become. Oklahoma was a two point favorite. Who in their right mind could have walked to the betting window last night and said, Yeah, I think I'll take Oklahoma? Yeah. Well, so, you, unless you're a diehard. You'd have been right. Crimson and cream wearing OU fan. You would have been right, though, would last have been night. been right. Golly. I mean,. When I heard Jim say that yesterday afternoon, I thought, and he was just like, I have no idea what's going on. But you would have been right. Also, some housekeeping issues at the top of the show uh, with the transportation investment. Uh, we've got a Elkett wrestler into the state tournament and also uh, a signing in, uh, for for one of the big elk golfers. Did you say Elkett? Elkett. 
Cool. Is into the state girls wrestling tournament. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That is 225-9698. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. Talk about any of those things, whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're outside the listening area, stay in touch with the show a couple of ways. Log on to KADSAM.com or download the app. It's a free download on your app. The Paragon Communications app has everything. Radio with three radio stations. The Penny News. Brand new edition of that Penny News. Hit the website last night at midnight, thepennynews.com. Big Elk and Paragon TV also be back at it tomorrow with a slew of regional games on Paragon TV. We'll get into that more tomorrow as we're building up to uh, what's going on in the high school basketball playoffs. And then uh, also Skinny on Sports Podcast. iTunes, it's starting to update randomly on iTunes. I got, I've had a couple of different ones lately. I uh, wrote them a stern letter. Did you? you <laughs> or email. Did you, did, you, did, did you write a Chad type letter? How how were those? Uh, Chad is like the Karen for dudes. Oh, I thought you were uh, our friend Chad, who once worked here. No, 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 I, no, no. No, it was. Uh, Isn't it funny though? That's it was. I it was stern. I would say it was. I finally was able to get through to. I think it happened before, and I did it again. I said, "Listen, I have listeners who rely on this. Yes, who tell me that they can't listen unless they listen on the podcast. Plus, we have sponsors." Now, the podcast is pretty much a bonus, but still. That's fine. But still. I believe well done. Your sternly worded letter has gotten through well, I'm glad. to I the mean, Apple I overlords. I sticks. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I noticed that yesterday. I, you know, I, I, then, I got, then I started going down the rabbit hole of like, are we too conservative for Apple and they don't like us? Probably. Well, the answer <laughs> to that is yes. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if that's what's causing the problem right. or not, but the answer to that is certainly yes. Uh, so you can find the uh, Skinny on uh, Sports podcast on either one of those uh, K-A-D-S-A-M.com every single day. Apple, randomly right now. <laughs> yeah, randomly. <laughs> uh, let's start out house some housekeeping issues. Uh, congratulations uh, to the Elk City Public Schools. I know Mr. Sparks was in here a few times uh, throughout the last couple of months uh, to uh, talk about the tra- transportation investment that passed uh, 6634 um, by a healthy margin. That's so, a good amount, yeah. yeah congratulations uh, for for that to pass and i know that uh, i've seen some p- pictures of the buses um they look different than what you're normally used to seeing but still that's awesome thing but they uh, run on diesel yeah that's right it's diesel <laughs> buses and congratulations and uh to that and, and the, the citizens i mean it's great it's a great deal to help you know what i'm saying and and that's something that like you said it wasn't a need it was or it wasn't a want it was a need that's uh, what to, i kept to keep stressing. the kids yeah. safe right and so that works out great. Uh, Madison Holiday qualifies for the girls' state wrestling tournament. So congratulations to her. That was yesterday uh, where she qualifies awesome. for the girls' wrestling tournament. And then uh, here at 11, I'm going to be going to the school right quick, uh, Nathan Womack is signing with Central Missouri. He's one of the Big Elk golfers coming off a second-place finish in last year's state tournament uh, individually. Uh, so congratulations to Nate, and we'll have some uh, have more on both of those last two things, because um, I'm sure you'll be on the transportation investment on the news this afternoon. Yeah, I gotta make a few phone calls. Yeah, so I'll yeah. Uh, well Madison Holiday and, and Nathan Walmack more on that uh, on the Skinny on Sports Report tonight. So congratulations to all of those uh, the young man and, and young lady. I would I don't know if this is to be true, and if somebody's listening can tell me it's not, but. I sure don't remember another uh, female it could be historic. wrestler this... making the state tournament. That's... Yeah, could be historic. First one. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. All right, last night, college hoops. Oklahoma State brought back down to earth a little bit by the Kansas Jayhawks as Kansas walks into Gallagher-Iba, defeats the Cowboys 87-76. to I It was watching that game. It was like, man, I've seen this before. With the same jersey on on one team and whoever else you want to put on the floor on the other team. You know, it felt like Oklahoma State had the chance to kind of have a pretty have have a decent lead going into halftime. Next thing you know, Kansas finishes the half with the 3 and you look up and you're like, "Wait a minute. What just happened? Kansas is ahead?" <laughs> huh? Yeah. Are we sure about that? Did somebody miss is is the scoreboard wrong? 
and then they come out in the second half and they immediately build the lead out to 10. And then it just kind of yo-yos back and forth. It'd be 13, then it'd be 6. It'd be, you know, 11, then it'd be 8. And then Oklahoma State would have chances to to cut it even further and make it a one-possession game. And next thing you know, a steal and a slam on the other end, and it's back out to 9 or, what, you know, whatever it was. And it was just so eerily similar to so many games in the Bill Self era at Kansas. And Oklahoma State was the uh, was the opponent that was disappointed walking out of Gallagher-Iowa last night. It's just amazing how good Kansas is on the road when you compare everybody else's road record in the Big 12. Yeah, give credit to Kansas, though, because there was that time earlier in the year where they lose like three in a row. Yeah. And everyone was kind of, well... Maybe Kansas is just like Duke and Kentucky this year, just one of the blue bloods that are down. But, you know, credit Coach Self with all the off-court stuff that, I mean, that's what, over a year in the making that they're still kind of dealing with. And uh, just um, turn that around. And, and he's a good coach. And um, also, you know, it's kind of detrimental for OSU where they've been kind of getting on a roll and all of a sudden you're getting other people's attention. And I – Kansas, when it's Bill Self, he knows OSU, right? So he knows this is not a tough or not an easy place to go into and win, no matter what OSU's record is when they go into Gallagher-Iba. And um, they just got to give a lot of credit. I know they're Kansas, and they seem like, you know, I get it. Those Blue Bloods, those those teams that are always at the top, they feel like they always get the calls. And I didn't watch the entire game, so I don't know if that, there was much of that. But I get that. But to me – you still got Coach Bill Self, and he's a really good coach who has a really good team who's trying to get them to peak at the right time. Here we are mid-February, and it appears that might be the case. So they're still very much in the running for the Big 12 title. Yeah, for OSU, they shot it pretty well. I mean, 50% from the field, 47% from three on 8 of 17 shooting. Free throw line left a little bit to be desired for sure at 14 to 22. But it was just turnovers, untimely turnovers, and it seemed like every one of the turnovers was live ball that led to a shot on the other end, especially in the second half, where you know they come out and they turn it over a couple times. Kansas hits a, like two threes back to back in transition, and all of a sudden it was a ten point game three minutes into the second half, and that that is kind of. But we see that all the time from from a Kansas team. Caleb Boone was awesome, had 16 in the first half, 11 in the second half for a game-high 27. But it did feel like during those runs that Kansas would put on in the second half, Boone kind of disappeared. And whether or not that's a a lack of offensive flow, a lack of the guards identifying it was time to get their guy the ball to stop a run, whatever that is, it just didn't happen. And and Caleb was a little bit – he wasn't near the dominant force that he was in the first half. And then Grady Dick made all kinds of shots. Uh, they, they kept on harping on the fact that coming into this game, he'd only been averaging like four shot attempts over the last four Big 12 games. And he took 17 shots and made 10 of them. Four of nine from three for 26, a, a team high for Kansas. And they just, they always had an answer. Anytime Oklahoma State would would pull back within six, get back within five. I, I think maybe, gosh, maybe they were within four at one point. It was as close as they ever got. Uh, and then Kansas just just always found a way to make the play to to kind of quiet the crowd. And, and, and good teams do it that. It just does. It, it, good teams do that when they, they feel like, you know, when the, the opposing team's starting to make that run, you got that – always vision it like this. You got the big kid or the big brother holding the little brother away while the little brother's still trying to swing at you. You know, he's almost there, but big brother's just too big. And that's you – know, Kansas – and like you said – they do it to everybody. It's not just OSU. Every time, you know, Kansas is going to get everybody's best shot every game, and Kansas just knows how to handle that pressure. That's been like that since they've risen to the top, and it's just always like that. Yeah, it was pretty – Good teams do that. It always was, do. It, it was the the calm. I mean, you can just see that even even if it's not the same guys on the floor. I mean, this is a almost totally different team than the national champs from last year. But yeah. they still had the same demeanor, the same calmness. There was no panic. And that's a program. In Kansas. That's a program and, it's, and it comes thing. from self. Yeah, it does. Yeah, exactly. You think about self when you've seen him really, really get mad. Almost always it's at home. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? He doesn't succumb to that. But on the crowd, road, it feels. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it happens, but it's pretty rare that you see him just blow his top and and get that red faced scowl right. on the road. Right. And, and I and I think that's got to help those guys on on the floor for him to to be able to look over there and see their coach just cool as a cucumber in that mad house of an environment. And it was kudos to those you fans that showed up. Uh, Eleven thousand five hundred, I think, is what the uh, attendance was. That's that's awesome. That's getting back to, and it sounded I mean, a couple of times when OSU would make uh, many runs in that second half. It sounded deafening inside there, which was all the more impressive when KU would hit a bucket and it would go silent. So it just man, I, yeah. I just couldn't get the, I couldn't shake that feeling watching that, uh, especially the second half of I I have seen this movie before. And you know how it ends. Yeah. And it did last night again as Kansas now moves into a three-way tie uh, for first place in the Big 12 along with Texas and Baylor at 9-4. and four. Oklahoma State had a chance to uh, to move into that tie with KU um, for third with a win last night. Instead, they dropped it to a tie for fifth with Kansas State at 7-6. and six. Be- Speaking of the Wildcats, what in the world? Number 12, Kansas State. Marched into Lloyd Noble Center last night, and OU really pretty well pounded them. Uh, well, in the second half. It was, what, 36-36 at halftime? Oklahoma, 38-38, something like that. No, it was tied up. You're right. I'm sorry. It was tied up. Yeah, 36 apiece, and OU outscores K-State 43-29 in the second half. Sherfield uh, played both halves. I mean, how many times have we seen him light it up in the first half and not even score in the second half? Mm-hmm. He was more consistent. Uh, Tanner Groves was better than he's been in a while. Um, and then they got Jalen Hill and, and Milos Yuzan as well uh, to contribute making shots uh, from the field. And then a little bit of help off the bench with Bijan Cortez with eight in, in Oklahoma. Uh, just just kind of ran out to an early – a little bit like Kansas did, really. Ran out to the lead in the second half and just held Kansas State at bay throughout the entirety of that second half to win 79-65. Just crazy when, when you look at – the games that Oklahoma has won, uh, they went in last night losers of seven of eight. The one win was against number one Alabama. And now you can put a win against number 12 Kansas State on that ledger. Just, uh, I, I guess it's basketball and eventually you kind of win some games or what have you. Uh, but, you know, Oklahoma with the high quality wins, when they've been able to win, just hadn't been near, near often enough. Well, you just, you just by definition, described inconsistency with everything you said. With the play, oh, I don't players, think it's been inconsistent. It, it's just, a, I think it's been pretty consistently terrible. Well, yeah, but I mean, there's just little spikes back get, up. Yeah, and they get these little spikes right here. From, you know, you got a good team effort from everybody, and and you get you see what you got. It happened against Alabama. It happened last night. Is what it is. So, you and it's just eventually, you know. And I know the Vegas thing comes to mind with their they were a two point favorite. Maybe Vegas like you know what they can't lose them all, so they're at home. <laughs> it's kind of a trap spot for. Kansas State on a Tuesday night, Valentine's Day. There's probably going to be nobody there. Yeah, there was nobody there. I'll get to that later. So, yeah, they're going to win some. I mean, you know, not all. They've been consistently bad, but they're still, uh, they're you know, it's still the Big Twelve. So sometimes, kind of like you know, my Western Conference theory. Sometimes you get better by playing these really tough teams, and maybe sometimes you could win one or two. Yeah, and maybe we see – Now they've won three. <laughs> and, they, you know, we saw it the, the night before with Tech knocking off Texas. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, both, yeah. Both, yeah. both of the bottom feeders in the Big 12 have wins over top 15 teams. Yeah, the here Big to 12 start tournament's the, kind of being intriguing if Tech and uh, OU, who knows. But the Big 12 tournament, how that – I mean, do you have a favorite, Texas, KU? Oh, Kansas always. <laughs> yeah, Kansas always. Kidding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, I- I'll tell you this. In Kansas City, no less. You know who I think is the best team? Texas. Baylor. A lot of people like Baylor. I think Baylor's the right best now. team. A lot of people like Baylor. Um, I-, I think when 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 and they were mentioning this last night. I'm not trying to take credit for it on the OU. I was watching like the last five minutes. Just watch OU blow it, and they didn't. Um, when uh, TCU's healthy, they're really good too. Yeah, they've missed Miles here lately. He hasn't played the last few games, and they've started to to lose a few. But I, I think Baylor, you know, they went through the early season kind of slump a little bit. That they, they were we haven't been used to seeing Baylor. Do. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, losing the first two big – or, excuse me, the first three Big 12 games. But see, now they're 8-1 and one since with a lone loss at Texas and in a close one. So, me, uh, you know, it's a huge one. It's a huge next couple of uh, – the next three will tell the tale, in my mind, of the Big 12 title, regular season anyway. Baylor will go to Kansas, go to Kansas State, host Texas. You know, if they could win two of those three, uh, golly, I mean, it's – They'll be right there. Yeah. Let's see what KU's got. They have the Baylor game. They go to TCU, which would be next Monday. Host West Virginia, host Tech, and then at Texas to end. That would seem more favorable than what Baylor's got. Texas has Oklahoma at home, Iowa State at home, at Baylor, at TCU, host Kansas. That's pretty. So of the four or of the three that are tied right now, I think you could clearly say that KU has the softest schedule down the stretch. That loss to Tech on, on Monday night for Texas is a killer. Yeah. Because they've got a game in hand over Baylor and over Baylor and Kansas down the stretch if they win that game, but now they don't. They play them both. One at Baylor, they go to Baylor and they host Kansas. So this will be uh, – they, they actually won at KU earlier this season. Oh, no, they didn't. They lost. It was Baylor that won at Kansas. So, it's going to be cool. <clears throat> it's going to be a good battle down the stretch. And then when you look up at the – not only the Big 12 tournament, but then the, the NCAA tournament, I think you've got eight teams that are guaranteed to be in unless Oklahoma State or West Virginia just completely falls apart down the stretch. Now, West Virginia at 4-9 and nine in the conference, but, man, the, the computers and the bracketology people love them. You know, they've been above the last couple out, at, even at 4-9. and nine. So you'd, you'd assume if they'd win two or three more, get to that magic number seems to be seven as far as making the NCAA tournament and feeling really good about it. Yeah. It's seven and 11 in, the, in this tough league. And they've got Texas Tech, Oklahoma State at home. And then they got Kansas State at home and they go to Kansas and Iowa State. So West Virginia not out of the woods yet. But they're looking pretty good. <clears throat> to be that eighth team, Oklahoma State, like I said, unless they just fall apart. They feel, heck, they were up to an eight seed in, in the bracketology this week with Lenardi. So, uh, and, and as they should be. Now, at that point, seven and five in the conference. And you could actually, with a win last night, start to think, now wait a minute. Is it possible that Oklahoma State could win the Big 12? I mean, as crazy as that was to say a month ago, there was obvious path for that to happen, and after last night, not so much. I think that that is over, but the Cowboys are firmly inside the uh, the field of the NCAA tournament, and now they're playing for seeding and needing to win some, continue to win some games to get out because the last thing you want to be is an eight or a nine. Yeah, that's a tough spot. You don't you don't want that um, to to have to play the number one seed next. And OSU goes to uh, a big game at TCU this week uh, this weekend. And then just win your home games against Kansas State and Baylor. Gosh, you never know. I mean, you could get up in seven, six. You, just, you want to put range. yourself in that position. That's right. Yeah, a little bit higher. Yeah, uh, outside of that eight and nine. So Big Twelve basketball. I mean, it's it's clearly the best in the in, in the country. I don't even think there's an argument anymore of anybody trying to say that it's not. No. Um, and then we'll see if the you know before the last couple of years you could make that case, and then you'd look at the tournament. And you could get that picked apart pretty easily. After the last couple of years, that, that argument is over uh, with Baylor and Kansas breaking through uh, to hoist the national championship. Texas Tech having that chance against Virginia as well. So it's uh, and, and it hasn't just been Kansas, right? This isn't SEC football. It's not just Alabama and everybody else. Oh, no. Big 12's got consistently good teams at the top and different ones playing for titles. So anyway, it's going to be a – a fun finish, and, man, Kansas City will be a blast if you're able to go up there for that Big 12 tournament. Oh, uh, yeah, I think from round one to the very end. Very good. You never know. You just never know. Sometimes, you know, it could be the top team going against whoever, and we could have upsets. We've seen it in the past, but this league is so deep. It's so deep, and it's really, really good. Yep. We'll be back. I have an idea of perfection. The perfect swing of the club or bat, the perfect form on the free throw line, that perfectly placed spiral football 
and especially those perfect grill marks on a high-quality cut of locally sourced prime beef. It takes lots of time to perfect quality, but a quick, simple call or message to Tucker Family Beef can put locally born, raised, fed, and processed beef in your family's freezer so you can practice and perfect those satisfying grill marks. Give Monty Tucker a call at Tucker Family Beef, 580-515-4477. The Skinny on Sports. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. It is Wednesday. That means it's time for the Tucker Family Beef, Sports Beef of the Week. Tucker Family Beef. It's locally born, raised, fed, and processed prime beef. They've got a website, tuckerfamilybeef.com, through which you can order individually. You can order bundles, which have an assortment of different cuts of beef in them. Or you can uh, you can buy bulk beef, which quarters, halves, or holes. So three options to purchase, but don't just take it from me. Nah, don't yeah. just take it from me. One Jared Atha yeah. had his first Tucker Family Beef experience I, I, last night. I, Tell us about it. I definitely don't have beef with Tucker Family Beef. We had a couple ribeyes that that Monty Grace gracefully came by and dropped off for us and. So I decided, let's save these for Valentine's night. That's what we did. Threw it on the grill. Carefully watched it. Grilled it to perfection. I think that's what you said on the on your ad there. And um, it tasted great. I mean, it was – I mean, I, I immediately thought, I'm not going to be able to finish this, but I couldn't because it's so big. The cut was so big. I don't know how many ounces it was, but I couldn't stop eating it. It was fantastic. I highly recommend it. And you notice the difference from – store-bought you know from you know beef to locally homegrown home processed beef you notice that difference immediately in that taste and that was the case last night very good stuff very good there's no doubt about it you can uh, visit their facebook page at tucker family beef on the facebooks you can go to tuckerfamilybeef.com uh, to look at their uh, p- uh, purchasing options or you can just uh, give Monty a call, 580-374-5444. It's Tucker Family Beef. Locally born, raised, fed, and processed prime beef right here at Sunny Point, Oklahoma. All right, Jared, what is your Tucker Family Sports Beef of the Week? Well, I'm going to kind of go a little polarizing but I'm I'm tired of hearing this, and, and I'm not ripping you because you've given this take too, but we we need to realize fans don't show up to stadiums or arenas when the teams are bad. Take take the jerseys off, take the history away, whatever it is. It just doesn't happen. And, let, and I'm talking about, of course, OU. And again, I saw it last night on social media. Pictures of the stands. It's empty ripping the the fans that didn't show up for OU. Let's face it. Before last night, they had a losing record. It's been bad. Outside of the uh, like the guy I talked about going to Vegas and actually laying down that bet, outside of those fans, who's showing up to watch that stuff? Now, if you're at Duke, North Carolina, UCLA, Kansas, Indiana, Kentucky, maybe not even UCLA because it's in the, in the LA market, they're probably showing up no matter what the record is because those are Hard to get tickets, always have been, always will be, no matter how bad or mediocre the the team is. But just the, the those takes are old for me. That man, the fans don't show up. Why aren't these fans showing up? They're twelve and thirteen. They're now thirteen and thirteen. You think they're gonna show up to the next home game? Probably not. So let's pump the brakes on that. I it's it's getting I have beef with that. Now, if they are twenty wins team top tier of the Big 12, top three, four, fighting for a, a high seed and the fans aren't showing up, go after them. But right now when they're 12 and 13 before last night, did you really expect them to show up on a Tuesday night on Valentine's night? Hey, honey, what do you want to do? Stay home and eat some Tucker family beef or go to Lloyd Noble? We might be able to walk up real close. 
So I'm, I'm just tired of that take. It's, it's, it's hollow for me anymore. That's an interesting uh, allowing fans to be bandwagon. You see what I'm saying, though? That's an, a, No, I, I completely disagree with everything you just said. <laughs> but I understand that people will do that. Because it's well. Here's the well, problem. The product. It's no is, fun to watch. Exactly. If it was, if they were getting beat, ninety-five to ninety every game, people would still go, even though they're losing. Because yeah. it's entertaining. But people see the record and they're like, "Well, I'm not going to that." Well, they see the record and they figure out they can't score more than fifty points a game at times. So you're going to go watch a loss, and it's going to be a horrific one to watch. Yeah. You know, people that, now are they are the thunder crowds as you know in the back in the heyday? No, but there's still plenty of people going to watch that losing team. But what's the difference? They're well, young. They're, they're exciting. Young and, they're yeah, exciting. You can see a the brand of there. well, yeah. but the brand of basketball is better. Here's the here's the problem for. I mean, this isn't a new problem at OU. This happens with winning teams. This Kelvin Sampson never quite endeared himself to the entire fan base why because he didn't play like billy he won like billy but he didn't play like billy there's a whole bunch of people that wouldn't watch it because they didn't like it they didn't like that style which is just ludicrous but whatever i get it you like but that's you know there was a whole generation of ou fans that learned basketball and thought oh yeah you're supposed to score 120 every game well, that's certainly not being played now by anybody, well, unfortunately. Nobody, yeah, nobody's shooting that high. Nobody's doing it. And and part of that's because the, the coaches have become such controlling. You know, they just control the game so much more than they ever did back then. But, yeah, I, I'm, I, this is a bad thing to say in your, for, for support of what you just said. But with the way this has started – I don't know that Mosier will ever get the support that he will that he might even deserve later on down the line. Because people don't like the style of basketball he's playing. And either he has to adopt that and change it a little bit to get people to come, or he better win thirty games a year. Yeah, and you start winning with that style. Yeah, but even then but I don't I, it's not gonna be a packed house. The OU the OU basketball fan, or the ones that have the tickets anyway, let's let's make two distinctions here. Mm-hmm. Because there are OU basketball fans that don't that aren't able to get the good tickets because the football people do, that would be more than happy to watch them win, fifty five to fifty one, and be there or be square. But there's a whole bunch of other people that that ha- that own basketball tickets that don't go that would that would be more inclined to go, watch them lose ninety five to ninety, than watch them win fifty five to fifty one. That's wild to me. I'm more on the side of a win's a win. I think there are. I, I just I think there are, and I think that that that's. But you're also talking about the older people that remember the glory days of Billy, and that's just the way it is with uh, OU basketball fans. It's sad because that program has been way, way, way better than even in the even in the good days. What the what the fans support had what the fan support is. And football's, I think, in my opinion, football's a huge problem with that. Is because there's a whole bunch of people that get better football stuff, and just about they have to get basketball stuff, and they don't really care to go watch it, which is too bad. And that goes back to the changing the way that all that is constructed in order to get the OU basketball fan inside Lloyd Noble. Yeah, I wouldn't go. Would you? No. But what I'm saying is don't rip me because I'm not going to go watch a losing team. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. I mean, it, it, it's the same place. You go anywhere with a losing record, the fans aren't going to be there. Yeah, that's not true. Anywhere? That's not true. Not you think everywhere. everywhere? No, no, no. There's places that won't everybody, go. Everybody's going. No one's going to college football ga- or basketball games if they're a losing record, especially. Oh, there's a whole bunch of people that go to every college basketball team in certain spots. You think every stadium is full no. with a 12 and 13 record? Every stadium isn't full with the freaking 21 and one record. That's my point. Is that it's, are but they it's getting not, ripped like these fans are? No, it's cut. Well, the, oh, you fans deserve to be ripped. Not just for this year. They deserve to be ripped for all these years. 
It's are just, you really are you really trying to tell me that the OU basketball fan base is a good one? No, it's not what I'm it's saying. It's a terrible one. Then how come they're such an easy damn target when everyone else if you go to Colorado for some Because reason, when they are good, they're not showing up. Okay. They show up for three games a year. Okay. Even when they're good. But why is it this year they're suddenly getting ripped? Because the team is terrible too. There's no positive with the. It, it, so go after the fans because the team's terrible. Go I, after. I, I don't get that. You, you, who's gone after the fans? Everybody on well, when, Twitter. When there's all, when there's a hundred like, people in the stands like at a Big Twelve be, game, it's become a tradition this year with the media. It's like okay, as soon as we get here, take a picture of the stands and rip them. Well, that, that's that's what's going to happen when there's a hundred people there. Yeah, but why is it only happening in Norman? Because all you follow is, Nor- is people that are in Norman. Do you think? But who else I'm do you saying, have? Who else do you have in your Twitter timeline no, that follows another team? If I do the effort, are they going to do this? I don't. I don't know Colorado's record. I'm going to guess they're middle of the pack, Pac-12. Maybe I, I have no bottom. idea. I'm just using them as an example. But do you think it's happening? Okay. In what Boulder? about what, what? What do you think's happening in Texas Tech? Texas Tech is tied with OU at the bottom of the Big Twelve standings. Mm-hmm. Do you think who's showing up there? A yeah. whole bunch of people. Yeah. For a losing team. And oh, by the way, a team that had more expectations than the one that's in Norman. They're still showing up. Creating a tough environment to play in. Let's be honest. If there had been a tough environment in Norman to play in last night, Kansas State would have won the game. A big part of why they lost was because of how sleepy and boring the environment was because nobody showed up. And it took them too long to figure that out. Like, oh, we'll just coast through here, this terrible team. There's no energy in the building. I mean, do you yeah. see anywhere else in the Big 12 where the front couple of rows are empty? Anywhere else in the Big 12? No. It's just Not. in Norman. Right now, they're, they are the target because they're the only ones that, that are doing this as a fan base. Now, whether or not they have the right, they absolutely have the right to. But the problem is, if they're ever good again, we can't... They're they're also going to get the they're going to get a worse reaction. Oh, look at these bandwagon fans! And if that's the way it's going, I mean, I guess it's like my son. His I don't know who his Big Twelve team is this year. It's got to be a winner, that's for sure. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, you know, he'll he'll switch right in the middle of the game, depending on who's winning. What was he? 12? But see, they showed up. They showed up with Trey Young and Blake. They, they didn't not not to every game. This has always been the criticism of OU basketball fans. They'll show up for Bedlam. They'll show up for Kansas. Maybe Texas. But that's it. I mean, there's there's years where those other fan bases, even if OU's good, there is a presence inside Lloyd Noble Arena for the other team that is a good team. Why? Because OU fans sell their tickets. You don't see that in football. Not very often anyway. And maybe that's maybe the truth is that a majority of the fans only have enough energy for football and softball. They have to replenish between football and once softball starts. They get the summer for football in between softball and they get basketball season between football and softball starting. So okay. Hey, I, I, it's a, so okay, it, then then what is the point of building a new arena? If fans aren't going to show up. If fans aren't going to show up, why would you do that? Yeah, They should cancel a program. It feels rate. like a wasted cost. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, well, they nobody should show up until they win another game. There ought to be people in the stands when they play their next home game since they just won. If I mean, do we just, is that what we do? If you lose and the next game nobody shows up, if you win, then it's a full house. Is that what we're doing? There's no loyalty. There shouldn't be any loyalty to the program at all. What? Shouldn't there be just a little bit of loyalty to the program? Yeah. Those who show up, I guess, are loyal. Well, obviously, since they're so bad. It's just there, there's not an answer. With, or, well, there is an answer, but it's not the way that things have been taken care of there for years. And the wrong people have the wrong seats, and there's you, you're not able to to get the folks in that arena where they want to sit or where they could sit that actually have passion for it. Because there's not a ton that have passion for it. 
which is too bad. Yep. And the one and a lot of the ones that do, the situation is such that they're not allowed to be there. I want to do one thing. Our last since we're fixing to have to bow to the SEC overlords <laughs> becoming a part of the conference. My beef is one last time. How in the world has the SEC been allowed to play eight conference games in football all these years? They can do whatever they want. Eight conference games, and then, of course, the JV game at the 1st of November, which is like another bye, which is amazingly scheduled right before, say, Alabama plays LSU or the Iron Bowl or, you know, one of those games. But how has that been allowed to happen? This shows you that the NCAA has nothing to do with college football and hasn't for a while. It's been conferences only, but even in the other conferences. Are they, have they been so scared of Greg Sankey to not try to force an issue here? I don't think we can underestimate how much an eight-game conference schedule has benefited that conference. I don't think it can be yeah. underestimated, it, it especially because that allows for that JV game right in the heart of the conference season. And if you want to tell me, which I, I don't have a problem with people telling me this, it's such a grind, everybody gets beaten up, da-da-da-da-da, and it's, it's just hard to play week to week in the SEC. Well, when you have one less game, and then you get a JV game, right and when everybody else is continuing to play in the in the midst of their conference schedule, I think that's got to be a help, a big time help, in a lot of ways. And with that, yeah, it'd be nice if uh, Alabama would have to play instead of Samford in November. Oh, you got to go to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, whereas you have you know USC playing Utah or Oklahoma at Tech or something like that, then you got that happening in the sec well think about last week last year the closest game basically georgia had was at mizzou yeah and, and that's not some juggernaut no but it is still a conference game and it is still a, a road conference game which is yeah, different you play it, those familiar opponents as opposed to playing that's some, right some cupcake yeah well and not even a cupcake they didn't even play one they didn't even play one of those in November? The, the, no, they didn't even play another conference team with just eight of them. So they played nobody when everybody else was playing somebody, and then that allowed them to not only play nobody in the conference, then to play a cupcake right in the middle of the conference season. Mm -hmm. You don't think there wouldn't have been years like where you know somebody was hurt at Texas or Oklahoma State or Oklahoma or whoever in the Big 12 where they wouldn't have liked to have had Austin P on the schedule. Oh, absolutely. To heal somebody up for the next big time matchup. Absolutely. I think you could point to almost every season where that had been nice. And with that, SEC, SEC. I guess we're done. We can't criticize anymore. Well, no, nah, because now it's going to be nine schedule, nine game yeah. schedule, right? Yes, and is that a f confirmed? Oh yeah, it's going to happen. I've started. You know, it's funny. Let's take a break. Let's get back to, I started seeing some of those possibly leaked SEC schedules yesterday. Yeah, I saw that too. You were nail on the head. Yep. But do you know why? I have no idea why. I heard Trammell's kind of telling why. It made sense that Oklahoma and Florida may be matched up, and I'll tell you why next. I have an idea of perfection. The perfect swing of the club or bat, the perfect form on the free throw line, that perfectly plays spiral football, and especially those perfect grill marks on a high-quality cut of locally sourced prime beef. It takes lots of time to perfect quality, but a quick, simple call or message to Tucker Family Beef can put locally born, raised, fed, and processed beef in your family's freezer so you can practice and perfect those satisfying grill marks. Give Monty Tucker a call at Tucker Family Beef, 580-515-4477. Skinny on Sports. All right, so welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Thank you to Monty Tucker at Tucker Family Beef, the sports beefs of the week. Locally born, raised, fed, and processed prime beef out on the ranch at Sunny Point, Oklahoma. Check out their 
Facebook page, or you can actually buy through their website, tuckerfamilybeef.com. Go check that out at Tucker Family Beef. Monty's, or give Monty a call, 580-374-5444. All right, so we, we talked a little bit about the scheduling um, and how that would look in the SEC football coming up in 2024 yesterday. And you had seen or you had thought about who you wanted to, to be on that list for Oklahoma well, as the, the want tournament. It's not what I thought yeah. would be. But I wanted OU to go to Florida, just fun to go to the swamp, and then two um, recruiting opportunities. Well, it turns out you might get your wish. Because yesterday you started seeing some, I, I don't, I'm not going to call them leaked actual schedules, but ideas. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Barry Trammell last night on the on the total dominance hour kind of expounded upon those things and oklahoma's was texas missouri and florida and everybody kind of said what florida what what does that make sense well here here is why it it looks like if trammell is right from what he's been hearing here's why that does make sense the sec is going and and i think a bunch of this has to do with tv ESPN is about to pay a boatload of money for all the SEC inventory. And in that boatload of money, I don't know how many Vanderbilt games they want to have on the air. I don't know how many, <laughs> yeah. you know you know what I'm saying, right. just picking on Vanderbilt because they haven't been very good. Missouri hasn't been the greatest. Kentucky, although they've had a little bit of an upsurge. But the, you know, the non-traditional powers, I don't know how much you want to see that, especially on your marquee matchups. So it looks like, What's being debated or being talked about right now is splitting up the conference into the eight, call them blue bloods, call them traditional powers, and then eight that are a notch below, or at least one notch below. And in that top eight, everyone's going to have you know the three games that they play every year in conference. But two of those, for the, for the guys in the top eight, have to be against each other. And so when you start looking at who is on that top line, you know, you've got, you know, Alabama's obviously got Auburn. Georgia has got Auburn. Georgia's got Florida. You know, there, there's just certain rivalries that are already built in SEC-wise. Yeah. And then, of course, Oklahoma's got Texas. Uh, Texas and Texas A&M is a natural possibility. And basically, once you start to put those things together, there's two schools that kind of have one and are left out on the second. And that turns out to be Oklahoma and Florida. And so the the couple of kind of guesses I saw yesterday had Texas, Missouri, and Florida for OU. I think that's interesting. Would you be surprised? Here's a question for you as, as an OU fan and that's, would you rather that would you rather that be Arkansas than Missouri if you had a choice? Yeah, I'd rather be Arkansas. Wouldn't you? I think it Here's the deal. If you're OU. It, if you're OU right with, now, you'd rather their, have played Missouri. With their history against Missouri, you would want Missouri, right? That's right. They're they're favorable history. They've Mhm beating them consistently when they were in the Big 12 and all that. And it looks like Missouri, uh, they've kind of come back down to earth since joining the SEC. They haven't really been a factor in the last how many years. Arkansas, though, that you always hear, how come OU and Arkansas they just don't play home and homes very often? You've heard that a lot. They're right mm-hmm. there, neighboring states. You know, we saw them in the Cotton Bowl back in, what, 01, 02? Yeah, after the 101 season. Yeah, yeah, and that was the last time they've played. And I like how they've taken those uh, those opinions and, and they're playing basketball in Tulsa. That's that's cool, and that's going to be a fun rival or a, a um, conference game, which I kind of hope they continue to do that in Tulsa. It would be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But – um. I just I would like to see Arkansas just be, just to see it on the gridiron between those two because again why haven't they played over and over again? But yeah, I mean you'd want Missouri because I don't want to say easy win nothing's easy it is a, it is still the SEC 
but you're more favorable to more favored to win those games than against Arkansas. Yeah, sure. and some of the things will change here. In the, I mean, as, as it's fluid through time. Um, what do you think Arkansas would rather have, though? You think Arkansas would rather have Oklahoma, or do you think Arkansas would rather revive that Southwest Conference rivalry with Texas? I think they'd want Texas. I kind of do too, just for the history of it. And so maybe that plays into it because I, I'm sure everybody, you know, it's been reported A and M. Although Texas seems like a perfect match, I mean, obviously with that rivalry in all those years, and there's some hatred there, no doubt. But it seems like A and M really likes the idea of what has happened since they've moved into the SEC, and that is LSU kind of becoming their permanent rival and not wanting to lose that game. But when you when you think about those games and you think about those rivalries, it, let's say that you know Texas gets Oklahoma and A and M. So that means A and M would get Texas and LSU. LSU would get A and M, and the natural one there is Alabama. So in Alabama is LSU and ten, and uh, Alabama would be LSU and Auburn, with the with the eight that the you know how they are. You know Auburn gets Alabama and Georgia, Georgia gets Auburn and. Uh, and Alabama, uh, Georgia gets Auburn and Florida. Florida gets Georgia and – oh, time to circle back around. Who's still left out? Well, Oklahoma's got Texas. Who do, who else does Oklahoma have? Looks like Florida. You know, I mean, it, it just seems like that's if, – if that's right and that's the way that they're kind of viewing this thing, it would uh, you would assume those two would be it. And as long as Tennessee and Florida, it, it, it almost doesn't matter which one is on, as long as they're not both on the same line, then either whichever one ends up in the top group feels like OU's other game. Because Tennessee's got Alabama and Tennessee's got Florida. Florida's got Georgia and Florida's got Tennessee. So as long as they're both not on the top line, one of them needs another game. OU's got Texas. And that's it. So it does. It does seem like that's going to be the fit if that's the model they go with. Is whichever the Florida or Tennessee ends up at the top, as long as the other one's not, then that's going to be that's going to be OU's game. I was just searching it to see any other kind of leaked information. Did you see this one? It was from five days ago. The Kyle Umling. Am I saying that name right? Uh, he's a Texas guy. Yeah. Have you seen that? Uh. Uh-uh. I don't know how legit it is. It's still up. So. Um, but it has all those permanent games that we talked about. So imagine this schedule, and then the other one, two, three, four, five, six games. It rotate right. Yeah, which I, I would back and forth. I would guess you would probably. I don't know how they would do that if with what's left over. Is it like two years the same schedule? Then uh-huh, home and away. It will be, and, and, and it switches up. Yeah, and, and you would think that they would probably whatever's left of say East and West that's currently there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you would – of course, it'd probably be all of them because you're going to play – well, you'd have well, you'd have the top group too because you'd guarantee two of the top group on – if you're in that top eight, you'd guarantee two of those every year plus then a couple more. And at that point, they may want to split it like, say, three traditional West and three traditional East. You play them home and home and then flip to the other three. That makes sense mm-hmm. uh, for those other six games. So imagine a schedule like this. Trying to find that. Where for OU? Um, what day did he tweet that? The tenth. Okay, I'm almost there. Let's make sure I didn't miss it. So obviously Texas, Florida, Missouri. So imagine. So keep going here. I'm staying. The oh, same here we go. Season. You seen this? Yes, I found it. Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Tennessee. And then, uh, then when it switches around, those three permanents, and then LSU. Mississippi State, Georgia, Ole Miss, Carolina, and A&M. Oh, okay. I see what's happening. The, the, that you split. See, yeah. I, I got yeah. you. And that's exactly – he's teasing the idea of a permanent non-conference or an annual non-conference opponent as OSU for OU. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. That's at not least happening. Start. That's not happening. But wouldn't – if you're OSU, wouldn't you want that to happen financially? If you're the – if you're the – um networks you'd want it absolutely but imagine this it's the last game of the year or maybe that during that cupcake schedule slight that 
I'm not calling Oshu a cupcake, so mm-hmm. don't come at me, people. But you know what I'm talking about. That window somewhere in the middle of this schedule. Shoot, sign me up for a September bedlam. Yeah, it would have to be. But um, wouldn't you want that if you're OSU to say, you know, if you could take down OU and then OU, you know, we took down OU and then they ran through the SEC. and Well, when you start thinking about 12-team playoff. Yeah, bad a feather in your cap. In, in a year where you may not win the Big 12, but you're right in the running and say losing the Big 12 title game. Well, what else you got on your resume? Oh, we beat Oklahoma, who's playing in the playing, SEC yeah, title game this right. weekend. Or no finish doubt. third right outside, you know. I don't know. I just if I'm OSU, I'd want to just you know put the whole bitterness behind you, and I think eventually they will, but maybe not to start. It might be we might be without Bedlam for. I don't think it's dead, is what I'm saying. I think in about four or five years we could have it. We could have it work. We can make it work. I don't think either. I don't think either of them want it right now. Not right now. Oklahoma doesn't want any part of that because they don't even know in going into the uncharted waters of playing an SEC schedule. Yeah, what's their schedule going to look that's, like? Yeah. And, and and how are we equipped to handle this? It looks to me like just just looking at this, the team that appears in my mind to be taking the shaft, and the team in my mind that appears to be getting the good end of the stick. There's a couple. One that's taking the shaft. Is Arkansas. Arkansas's three permanent op- opponents is LSU, Texas, and Texas A&M. That seems rather difficult for the Hawks. You know what I'm saying? That, that seems pretty stout. The two teams that seem to be getting favorable matchups, Missouri with Kentucky, Ole Miss, and OU, and Ole Miss with only LSU, then Mississippi State, and Missouri. Just kind of look, you know, just if, yeah. if it is that top eight and bottom eight, Arkansas's got three in the top. Well, someone's always going to have a beef. There is going to, and, and but like you said, it's fluid though. I mean, how you, you think Arkansas is getting the, the short end of the stick? Yeah, we're calling. But are we sure they're not better than Texas and Texas A and M right now? Yeah, that's true. They've been playing really good lately. Yeah, and and, and the truth of it is, once once those teams get there. It's just going to be a heck of a conference. Yeah, and can we really – I'm looking at this entire conference with and I'm recency bias, obviously, but there's only one cupcake in this conference. Bandy. That's it. I think you could make the case Mizzou has been pretty – since they since they got there, arrived on the scene with good teams, they've consistently kind of fell, they, fallen off. They have off. fallen off. And there, But there's going to be ebbs and flows to that, well, you too. You better show up if you have to go to Columbia. Sure, and uh, it, you just—who knows what Mississippi State is going to look like without Leach? I just remember that night, but they had a really good team back then. Yeah. Missouri. Oh, it's yeah. Uh, what's Mississippi State going to look like? Look like forward? without Leach. You know, what's Kentucky, Kentucky without, without Levis? I give Stoops credit. He—they've been pretty good. They've been pretty good under his watch. Doesn't matter who's taking snaps, but Levis is pretty dang good guy to take snaps for no, no anyways i think we're about to we'll find that out in that todd mcshay mock draft that uh by the way we, i know we're out, way out of time but i glanced at that did you i love his landing spot i haven't even looked at it yet i, I just saw vegas. it pop up on the very front on the very first page vegas i love that don't know why i just think that it for me that just screams it's gonna be a good fit for him yeah. You know the guy that's going to make or break somebody's GM career? Who's that? Anthony Richardson. Quarterback Florida. Yeah. Whoever if if he's drafted in the top 10, which this has him ninth to Carolina. He's either going to he's either going to make somebody look like a genius or get somebody fired. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's much in between. I don't think we've seen enough of him honestly. There's been spurts of really, really good. I mean, that game against Utah to start the season. And then there's been spurts where you're like, huh? Right. Yeah, but who knows? It's that it's that P word, Jared. Potential. Yep. Potential makes you look like a superstar. It gets you fired in the GM world. Everybody have a great Tucker Family Beef Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way 
I have an idea of perfection. The perfect swing of the club or bat, the perfect form on the free throw line, that perfectly placed spiral football, and especially those perfect grill marks on a high-quality cut of locally sourced prime beef. It takes lots of time to perfect quality, but a quick, simple call or message to Tucker Family Beef can put locally born, raised, fed, and processed beef in your family's freezer so you can practice and perfect those satisfying grill marks. Give Monty Tucker a call at Tucker Family Beef, 580-515-4477. 